0: The reading's in your handout, so if you want to get that handy. It's Galatians 1, 1 to 5. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me, to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us, from the present evil age, according to the will of, of our God and Father, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. Uh, it's great to see so many people along here at our first public meeting for the year. Let me ask you, now that you have arrived at uni, some of you for the first time, some of you are back again for a whole new year, what is your mission? What is your mission at uni. Uh, If you're a first year, then you've probably just come straight from school. And the mission there was very clear, wasn't it? It was to get the highest score you could get in your exams so that you could get into uni, so that you could get into UWA, Western Australia's premier university. Congratulations, you've achieved impossible. You're here. (laughs) But what do you do now? Now that you've got that really clear goal gone, that clear mission, what is your mission going to be? Is it going to be to get high distinctions in every subject? Maybe that is aiming a little high for some of you. Maybe you're just aiming to get passes. That would be a great thing to do as well. Some of the upper years would do well to uh, work at getting passes. Sorry, upper years, I know that a little close to home for some of you. (laughs) Is your mission just to hang out on the oak lawn, to enjoy being with friends? Is your mission to actually find some friends? You've come here, you don't know anyone, you want to get to know some people. Is your uh, mission to avoid getting lost on the way to a lecture theatre, to avoid having to come in late? To look like you know what you're doing, to be able to just play it cool. For some of us, our mission is just kind of to survive in a new environment. Others of us are looking to thrive. We're looking to grab university and squeeze all the goodness out of it and enjoy it. Is your mission to set yourself up for a great career, to make good money, to become a doctor, a lawyer, a businesswoman, an engineer? Is your mission to help other people? Is it to make a dent in the universe, to quote Steve Jobs? Or is it just to get your parents off your back by getting up in the morning and actually going to uni? What is your mission? Uh, It's an important question because what your mission is, the direction you set for your life, will shape a lot of what happens. Now the Apostle Paul was a man with a mission and in the first verse of his letter to the churches in Galatia, which is in what we would call Turkey, he describes himself as an apostle and the word just means sent one. He's an ambassador. He's been sent. He's a man with a mission. But his mission isn't one that he's just dreamed up. It's not one that occurred to him over the summer holidays. It's not one that his parents have forced him to take on. He says his mission came not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Now It hadn't always been that way for Paul. It's true that he had grown up in and around God's people. He was a Jewish man circumcised on the eighth day, he says, of the people of Israel Of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. See, Paul himself is as kosher as it comes. He is a thoroughgoing Jew. In Galatians uh, chapter 1, verse 14, he actually says, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people, and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my father. Paul was not just getting passes. Paul was a high-distinction student, at least in Jewish studies. He was smashing it. He was top-of-the-class, university medal. And he had a mission in life. And his mission was to destroy the church. Why would you want to do something like that? Why would you want to go out and destroy... These followers of Jesus. Well, for Paul, that's precisely the problem. That's the issue. These people are following Jesus. And for us, the phrase, the name, Jesus Christ, is so familiar that we don't even notice it. But for Paul, it's outrageous. It's a scandalous thing to say that Jesus is the Christ. Think about it. Jesus. This bloke from nowhere, from Nazareth, who gets crucified alongside common criminals. People are worshipping him as the Messiah? That's like believing that Jack, the unemployed homeless guy from Balga, is God's king. Sorry to those of you who live in Balga. (laughs) Or are homeless. (laughs) But it's outrageous. How could God's king look like that? It's so ridiculous. It's so disgusting. It's so blasphemous. That for Paul, he just... It's self-evidently wrong. The people who followed Jesus as the Christ must be deranged at best and evil at worst. They need to be stamped out. They need to be destroyed. And then Paul who was called Saul at the time actually met Jesus the resurrected Jesus on the road to Jerusalem on his way up to Damascus to destroy the church there Paul was struck by a blinding light falling to the ground he heard a voice say to him Saul Saul why do you persecute me he said who are you lord Said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. Try and think for a moment what a shock that would be to you as Paul. That this thing that you've been trying to stamp out, this clearly false Messiah, turns out not to be false at all. He's the real deal. He really was crucified. Paul knows that. But now he's met him, risen from the dead. And Paul realises that everything he's devoted his life to, everything that made up his identity, everything that he saw for himself in the future, it's actually all been completely running against God's plan. Paul's mission in life is not God's mission. He thought it was, but it turns out that it's not. In fact, their missions are completely opposed It must have been a devastating shock to Paul. His mission had been to destroy the church of God. And yet the incredible thing is that God in his grace does not destroy Paul. Instead, he gives him a new mission. He gives him the mission of the gospel. So let me pause there for a moment and just ask you again what your mission is. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not here to tell you that uh, everything that you've hoped for or that you would like to do is wrong and you're doing it all wrong and you need to stop. No, there's nothing wrong with getting high distinctions. There's nothing wrong with getting passes for that matter. There's nothing wrong with wanting to hang out on the oak lawn with your friends. There's nothing wrong with wanting to survive and thrive at uni. There's nothing wrong with wanting to become a doctor or a lawyer or a businesswoman or an engineer. They're all perfectly good things to want. But it's worth taking a moment just to stop and compare our mission with the mission of God. What is God actually on about? Paul makes it clear there in verses 3 to 5. He says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. What is God's mission? It's kind of summed up in the words grace and peace. Grace and peace to you is one of Paul's normal sort of greetings in his letters. But it's not something that he says unthinkingly. It's not like the equivalent of our g'day or how you going. You know, when I say g'day, I don't really... I couldn't care less whether you have a good day or not. <laughs> when I ask how are you going, eh, it's possible that I'm interested, but generally I'm, you know, I've got nothing else to say, so I just say how are you going. It's something that I do unthinkingly. I, I do care about you deeply, but <laughs> you know what I mean. But for Paul, grace and peace is not like that. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ is at the very heart of Paul's mission. It's the very heart of God's mission. It's not saying that there's grace like a ballerina. I pray that you might be graceful like a ballerina. He's not praying before a meal. He's talking about grace in the sense of undeserved favour. It's God's mission to lavish grace, undeserved favour on people like us, people who don't deserve it, to lavish it on us through Jesus, and so to bring peace between us and him. How many people here managed to get to O'Day on Friday? Yeah, cool, right? Lots of people. Um, Great day, O'Day. I love it. And I got to talk to quite a lot of people. I was standing out the front of the uh, Christian Union stall. I probably met some of you there. And um, just chatting to people as they came past. And we had huge numbers of people sign up uh, on O-Day, which was very exciting. But it's just a drop in the bucket compared to the people who walked past. And uh, most of them I didn't really get much of a chance to talk to. But I did get to have one brief interaction with a couple of guys. Who were going past. Big guys, like big as in muscly, big upper arms, clearly gym junkies. And I asked them if they were Christian. One of them said, I used to be. I said, oh, um, what changed? He said, "Ah, oh, I just don't think I meant God. I said, wow, really? Um, you feel like you're good enough on your own? He said, yeah, I do. <laughs> and I sort of laughed and said, well, there's nothing I can do to help you. Which made me a little bit rude, but they got fired up. And for a moment, I thought they were going to swing a punch at me. I've actually never had anyone react like that to me before. But, you know, they balked up. <laughs> But I think that reaction actually reveals something that most people have the social skills to hide. Namely that we're fine. That if there is a God, well, he wouldn't really have a problem with me. He wouldn't mind how I'm living my life. He'd just get on board with my program. But that is actually the problem, isn't it? We think that we're doing okay and God wouldn't have a problem with us. But Actually, our default mode is to live for ourselves. To just cut God out of the picture. And to suggest that that might be wrong or not the right thing to do is just outrageous. How could you suggest that I am arrogant to say that God should get on board with my program? Of course I'm the centre of the universe. Of course God revolves around me. I've got a mission in life, and God can jolly well get on board with it. He wouldn't have a problem with me. And it's that sort of attitude that characterises what Paul calls the present evil age. It's evil because this age is opposed to God. By nature, that's true of all of us. We're all by nature opposed to God, and it's what the Bible calls sin. That attitude of rebellion, of me wanting to be the centre of the universe, me wanting to be in charge, me wanting to be God, instead of recognising that God is God and I'm not. That's not a new thing. It's not like 2016 is more evil than any other year. We've just got different ways of rebelling against God than we did 50 years ago or 2,000 years ago for that matter. But the underlying issue is the same. The underlying problem of wanting to run life our own way. It's been that way ever since Adam and Eve turned their back on God. And ever since, we've been trapped both as the victims and the perpetrators of this present evil age. But this is where we get to the heart of God's mission, the mission of the Gospel, in verse 4. Paul writes, The Lord Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. See, we've all puffed up against God. We've all shaken our puny little fists against him. And we deserve to just be crushed. But God doesn't crush us. Instead, he crushed his son Jesus in our place. Jesus willingly took the punishment that we deserve. So that we might be rescued from this present evil age. That we might enjoy the grace and peace that God offers to us through him. That is God's mission. Rescuing people from sin through Jesus. So can I ask you, is your mission God's mission? Or are you actually expecting God to revolve around you? You've got your plans for life. You have your ideal sort of career mapped out. And that's what you'd like to do. And God will just get on board with the program. Now, Like I said before, don't get me wrong. It's not bad to want good grades or friends or fun. It's not wrong to enjoy uni or to become a doctor or a lawyer or a businesswoman or an engineer. They're all great things to want. But the problem is, When those things become your mission. When they become what your life is all about. Because at that point, those good things have become God things. They're what your life revolves around. And you're just expecting God to get on board with the program. You might be like Paul before he met Jesus. You might think that you're living for God, but... In reality, you're living for this thing, this idea, this mission that you've dreamt up in your own head. Wouldn't that be a catastrophe? Wouldn't that be a disaster? To live for something that isn't God. What a waste of a life. To devote yourself to something as small as getting good grades or becoming a doctor. Wouldn't it be tragic when God's mission is right there staring you in the face? The mission of rescuing people from this present evil age and bringing glory forever and ever to God our Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. I think Paul is saying, don't set your sights so low. That's not a thing to give your life to. God's mission is so much greater and like he did with Paul, God invites you to be part of it, to recognise that actually God and his mission is the centre of the universe. It's not you and yours. He is the centre of the universe, and we orbit around him. Now That's what we're on about at the Christian Union. We want our mission to be God's mission. We want to see people rescued from this present evil age to enjoy the grace and forgiveness and new life that is on offer through Jesus' death and resurrection. We want people to engage with Jesus at university, not engage with him as you might engage a butler or a personal assistant or a life coach who's going to help you achieve your aims and goals in life. No, that's not how it works. God's God, you're not. We want people to engage with Jesus as who he really is, as the Lord Jesus Christ. The ruler of the universe who stands at its very centre and everything revolves around him. Uni, work, romance, life and death. And that's why we do everything that we do here. We want these public meetings that happen every week. Uh, every Tuesday here, every Thursday at two in the arts lecture room six, we want them to encourage you to live for Jesus to help you think in the light of his word, how you can live for him. We want our small group Bible studies to wrestle with god 's Word to understand what He says, and to shape our lives around him. We want our Monday night equipped training to help us to engage in the mission of the gospel so that we can hold out to this present evil age the hope of rescue, the offer of grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We want everyone at uni, whether they're Christian or not, to be engaging with Jesus, to be caught up in the mission of the Gospel, the mission of God our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. That's our mission I'm pretty persuaded it's God's mission. We'd love you to join us in it. Thanks.